Hey everyone, welcome to the Prince of Peace podcast, where our aim is to help you live and love like Jesus. I'm Lauren Vlad, one of the pastors of Prince of Peace. We're glad that you're here and we hope you enjoy. Grace, peace, and Easter joy be unto you from God the Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. It was a very difficult day a few weeks ago. St. Timothy's Episcopal Church in Beachmont was filled to overflowing with mourners that had gathered together to remember and give thanks for the life of Pastor Lisa Bernheisel. Several years ago, Lisa was diagnosed with cancer after a long and brave fight. She died on March 5th at the age of 45. She left behind a husband, Chris, her high school sweetheart, and four children aged 10 to 16. It was one of those deaths that just seemed so unfair and tragic as Lisa gave so much of herself to so many over her young life. Her children deserve to still have their loving mother there to continue to raise them. Her funeral was a sad and difficult day. Yet in the midst of the tragedy of that day, there were words and there were signs of hope and promise. And the most profound of those were Lisa's own life and witness. Her colleague at St. Timothy delivered The sermon, after a series of reflections from other pastors that Lisa had hand-selected that were close to her over her life, and as her colleague spoke, he described what Lisa had done with her journey with cancer over these last years. You see, through all of the pain and the torment and the exhaustion of continual chemotherapy, in the midst of devoting as much of her time as possible to her husband and her children, Lisa also made it a practice to daily reflect on her struggle, her treatment, and her wrestling with God. And so her colleague, Father Roger Green, said at her funeral that through these reflections, Lisa had offered to us her broken body. He said that in the sharing of her struggle, the beauty that was there before was poured out all the more. As I sat there, I knew I would be wrestling with those images as I thought about Holy Week this year. My first thought of that image of the broken body was of Good Friday, but then I quickly resolved that this could not be, even though we call Friday good because of what Jesus accomplishes on the cross, it was not now the location of Lisa's story. While she was offering up her broken body, her story was indeed an Easter story because she had already passed through her Good Friday moments and was now pointed towards the dawn. In an interview she did with Father Roger last Ash Wednesday, she was reflecting on her early journey through the terror of knowing that she had this serious and unpromising cancer diagnosis. She said that every test that she had in those early days became a confrontation with death. 
And in the fear of that uncertainty, it was becoming debilitating. So she said instead of running from it, she had to learn to dance with it. She said she had to learn how to befriend death. And she goes through the narrative of of death telling her in that time that she was going to be alone as death tried to impose its fear upon her. But then she recalled all of these abiding God moments, as she called them, through which she knew throughout her early treatment that God was constantly walking with her. And in the midst of focusing on those, death began to become less scary. Lisa, through this interview and through her consistent reflections on Caring Bridge, offered up her broken body as a way for all of us to see through death to the gate to eternal life, an eternal life that she began to access more and more in this life, all made possible by the one who has gone before us and came back to tell us, do not be afraid. This is, in fact, the predominant thread in the resurrection story in Matthew's gospel. The angel tells the women as they come to the tomb on that first Easter morning to not be afraid. And then they see Jesus, and Jesus again tells them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my disciples of this news. And there's this additional detail in there that I haven't always given a lot of thought to, but it it just stuck out to me so much as I prepared the sermon this year, reflecting on Lisa and her reflection on the fear of death. And it's the detail of those guards that were there at the tomb that day. The angel tells the women to not be afraid, and they hear the message, and through their relationship with Jesus, they're able to keep moving and respond to that message, but not so for those guards. Matthew says that in fear they became like dead men. And what was the difference between these two reactions? Think about it. These soldiers trained to face their fear, not to freeze when confronted, versus these women who were undoubtedly subjected to fear of these occupying soldiers every day. But it's the women who keep moving in this story. It's the women who keep moving because they are the ones who have a relationship with Jesus. It's the women who, through this relationship, instinctively know how to process this message because of all that Jesus has taught them throughout his life about himself and the kingdom of God breaking in among us. It was in those early moments of treatment for Lisa that she said she began to look for crosses around her as signs of Jesus' presence. And she said when she started looking for them, she just saw them everywhere. And she saw the love of family, the love of friends, and of her parishioners. And these became signs of Jesus' presence as well all signs that she was not alone and never would be. 
Jesus had gone before through the pain and the suffering of the cross and had arisen victorious, and Lisa had a relationship with Jesus that carried her through her pain. And she knew then how to listen for that still, small voice of God saying, Do not be afraid. Like Lisa. Like the women at the tomb. In our baptisms, we come into relationship with Jesus. And we spend our lives learning how to listen for His voice. And we are called into lives of discipleship where we live and we love like Jesus. We grow in faith. We connect in community. We serve the world just as Jesus did. And we do these things because we trust in the resurrection of Jesus that is making all things new. And it's then precisely through growth and connection and service that we are assured of the power of the resurrection every day of our lives. This past Christmas Eve, I told you of a fire that had happened just that night before our beloved ministry partner, Takoon Farm, that had taken away the beloved farmhouse that was at the heart of that community. And I told you in that sermon that I had complete faith that they would emerge stronger from that tragedy. I knew that their rich prayer life, the deep bonds of community, and the vital service that they provide to the surrounding community were all signs of resurrection, hope and promise, and that that resurrection power would propel them to rise from the ashes of the farmhouse as an even greater beacon of love and restoration for their community. And that is exactly what is happening. Plans are underway for a new ministry space that will increase their capacity to make a difference in their community. The same is true for the CLM project in Haiti. For those those of us who have been a part of HTF's work there here through Prince of Peace, it's been almost a decade now that we've been supporting the work of CLM, Shemen Lavi Mio, on the central plateau of Haiti, restoring the lives of the ultra-poor women who live there that are told they are less than human and they become human, alive, anew through this program. But the work there has never been harder than it is now. The conditions there are so challenging right now as they deal with so much unrest in their country. But yet every day our partners still go out to visit with those women, to encourage them, to build them up, to help them learn the skills that they need to become self-sufficient. And they do this because they know of the resurrection's power. They do this because they trust in that power of Jesus to make all things new. We ask you this Easter season to make a special contribution beyond your regular offerings to our resurrection project to support these two vital ministries. We ask you to do this because of your discipleship. As you live in love like Jesus, you can serve the world by living a generous life with the resources entrusted to you, and you can see what happens when you invest those resources. They're returned back to you as signs of life-changing hope and resurrection power that we see and we experience through these ministries of our partners, so many here at Prince of Peace. 
For years now, we've echoed the words of HDF's founder, Rick Barger, that he shared in a book he wrote a number of years ago, where he said, the resurrection is real for us. And this makes all the difference. We say the resurrection is real for us. It's real because we see and we experience through our living and loving like Jesus that love and life win every day. It's real for us because we see it in our worship, in the bonds of our community, and in the service we do in Jesus' name. The resurrection is real for us because when we despair, when we are afraid, we look up and we see crosses everywhere on the faces of each other, etched on our foreheads in our baptisms, telling us to never be afraid, for Christ is with us always. Jesus has passed through death and emerged on the other side to lead us into lives of discipleship, sharing this good news with all who will hear it. As Lisa's funeral was coming to an end, there was this really gut-wrenching moment when her husband, Chris, silently walked down the center aisle with his four kids, ashes preceding them to take them to inter them in the columbarium. And we listened as the bishop's voice quivered as she spoke words of resurrection, hope that were difficult to believe in that moment in the darkness of death that surrounded us. But then a resurrection melody began to emerge as they came silently back down that center aisle. And it wasn't in the voice of the beautiful choir that had sung earlier that day. No, it was in this gentle, lilting voice of an infant. Just an infant crying out in that moment, an infant I hadn't heard in two hours of a service to that point, suddenly there was this baby's voice leading them back into the sanctuary, and I heard that baby's voice saying, do not be afraid, for Christ is risen. Death does not have the final word. We trust in these signs of resurrection hope that come among us every single day to tell us as the angel and Jesus said that day, do not be afraid, for Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to the Prince of Peace podcast. I hope that today's message has brought comfort and inspiration to your life. Have a great rest of the week.